Hello and a very warm welcome to this special episode of Re-Educating Dad, the Daddy-Daughter Cross-Generational Podcast. Uh, we launched the podcast uh, when the UK went into lockdown way back in March. And since then, uh, my daughter and I have been looking at different topics, important topics of our time, uh, from different ends of the cross-generational spectrum. I'm your co-host, Tony Coe. And I'll tell you in just a moment why this is a special episode of our show. But first of all, as always, let's say hello to my co-host, daughter and chief re-educator, Tony Co. <laughs> Brooker. How I like that you? title. <laughs> I knew you yeah, would. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good, thank you. It's miserable weather, but you know, I guess this is autumn. It's been... The summer is over. It's been horrible. Here in Elmley Castle, up near Cheltenham, in the Cotswolds, it's been really horrible for the past two days. We've had the highest uh, rainfall in the whole country over the last, I think, oh, wow. 24 hours. But right now, I'm looking out of the office at the Breeden Hill, as I always do, and it's beautiful. It's bathed in sunshine. It's all completely transformed. And so I'm feeling yeah, I can good. see because you've got like a golden glow on your face. <laughs> <laughs> That's just me. The outside world. That's just me. <laughs> now, those listeners who are also watching this episode on screen will notice something different this week. Uh, that we're being joined by a guest, and I'll quickly I'll in, be introducing uh, you to him in just a moment. But first, I just want to say a quick, real big apology to you, dear listeners. Uh, for last week's episode, because episode 24 last week, where we discussed uh, the social dilemma from, from Netflix, we had horrible technical problems. The sound was awful, and, <laughs> and then we lost little tone completely nearly near the end of the episode, and she had so much more to say. She was, she, like me, she was enjoying the conversation. And you, didn't you, Tony? You said you had loads yeah, more. Yeah, I was loving it. You were loving it. So um, sorry about that, folks. We're hoping that this week we won't be uh, attacked by gremlins. Uh, but anyway, I had to wrap. I had to quickly, on my own, wrap the episode up last week. So it all, all was very choppy. So forgive us for that. We're still learning. But going back to the topic of last week, uh, which was The Social Dilemma, the great documentary, the new documentary from Netflix. We as a family uh, continued that conversation because we found it so interesting. And what uh, was great is that we found that a younger member of the family took a very keen interest in this fascinating topic. And that person is the third member of our podcasting team today. And I'm very delighted to introduce you to my eldest grandson, Ben Short. Hi, Ben. It's lovely to see you here. Welcome to the show. Hello. I'm really excited to be here. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's the first time I've ever done anything like this. So, well, um, great. Yeah, forward. We're really, really looking forward to hearing what, what, you've, uh, what you have to say about this. So uh, you've now, Ben, you've, you've, watched the, uh, you've watched the documentary. You've probably heard what we had to say in our choppy episode last week. <laughs> yeah. uh, so what, give us your uh, impressions of The Social Dilemma. Um, well, I found it, first of all, incredible. But the reason why I found it so great was just how I found it like deeply, deeply disturbing, really. Mm. So how 
how ingrained uh, social media is in not just our interaction with people, but our interaction in, in politics and 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 basically all aspects of our lives because we've become so reliant on social media. And as people, as others become more reliant on social media, other people are dragged into it um, just out of necessity. Um, but my my biggest takeaway from it was how much of an effect money has on the corruption of, of ethics and morals on uh, business and our lives as a whole. Because I don't believe that these, um, I don't believe that the runners of these social media platforms are evil or have ulterior motives. Um, their main drive is money. And um, I think that, yeah, and you can see in the, um, in the documentary that everyone uh, they interviewed said we started off with, or most of them said we started off with good, um, good motives. Uh, the person especially comes to mind, the um, the maker of the like um, mm, on Facebook, yeah. uh, said he had no idea how much a negative effect such a on the surface of it positive addition to to Facebook, how much it would be. Um, yes. because I, I was, before watching the documentary, I was aware of the, um, how do I phrase this? The psychological impact of social media. I myself have removed my, uh, long before I watched this documentary, removed myself from all social media. What caused uh, you to do that? What caused you to do that? Um, a number of things. Uh, first of all, I could see having a really bad effect of, on my attention span, which I don't mm. think is, is, um, I don't think many people mention, um, because everything is on social media is so quick. You can access it so quickly. Um, especially, uh, it comes to mind TikTok, um, and, and Instagram, you can find everything so quickly that then instead of doing, taking your time to find, to find information or, uh, doing my schoolwork <laughs> I, I could i could easily just uh take hours scrolling through uh social media so yeah. that was that was a big one um but the probably uh biggest one um was it, it, its effect of my mental health oh. um i could just i like to i like social media to keep up with um the news and basically the ha happenings of around the world and um due to is you can see it in news as well the more negative things that you see have a bigger impact on you than the positive things you see in in social media and that was having a real uh, negative effect on me personally just seeing all this horrible division and um and anger in the world was was making me making me lose hope almost. Yeah, um, you were you, you were commenting on that last week. Were you? What did you say about that? Yeah, time? I mean, I th I feel like we only see negative news. To be honest, um, I I think we rarely see good news, um, and I think it's because negative news sells more, and and obviously uh, people are quite drawn in by scaremongering, um, and I I completely relate to what you're saying, Ben, about being getting almost like addicted to that swiping 
um, that you can just you can just for hours just keep pushing through to other people's stories and looking at new bits of news and stuff like that. It's it's very addictive. And in fact, they they even said that in the documentary. They said that it that um, not just social media, but emails can um, release serotonin levels. So, or they can you know they can heighten your serotonin levels. So you you are actually getting on almost like high from being on social media. Um, and, and I thought it was really interesting at the end how a lot of them said that they had to like remove their social media from their phone and they had to put a cap on the amount of time that they spent on social media. And most of them said that they wouldn't let their kids on it. I thought that that said quite a lot about, a lot about it. Um, but has it ever found, Tony, has it ever fa- have you ever felt, felt the same way as Ben in, in the sense that you felt that you wanted to come off it? Oh yeah, 100%. I feel like that all the time. I really, really would love, especially for me, especially Facebook and Twitter, I find them both to be really negative spaces. Mm. Um, I see the positive in Twitter because Twitter allows you to have this very immediate dialogue with people that you wouldn't normally have it with. So you can speak with an MP, you can speak with a president, you can speak with a scientist, you can speak with a celebrity. It gives you a very sort of like instantaneous dialogue with people that you wouldn't normally be able to have a conversation with but the other end of it is is that you get these these people that are well a lot of people that are quite happy to say really vile things to each other just because they have a um a computer screen in between them you know you would never dream of speaking Mm. to someone like that face to face and i think people forget that a lot and actually i found myself doing that too i found this almost like um weird bravery in being able to say whatever I like to people and not have to deal with the consequences. And I'm having to do a complete 180 on that now and realize that, you know, we're all human and, and there, there is a human being at the end of my email and they might be having a bad day or, you know, at the end of my tweet. But I'm going off on a tangent. But yeah. No, that, I don't think that's a ta- it's actually really interesting because um, uh, you're, you're talking there about communicating with people you don't know, I assume. Yeah, because I, you know what, yes. I, I equate that to. It's it's rather like road rage. You know how people get really angry in their cars, and they, mm. you know, they. I mean, they really can get intensely angry. And, uh, and I, do, I used to be like that a lot in the car as well. But isn't that? Because, but it's like you, Dad, and leaving reviews. You've left yeah, no, loads just, of really angry <laughs> reviews before. <laughs> and there's true. a person at the end All of right. it. Okay, true, true. They no, 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 no. It. It's not. It's not. <laughs> It's not, it's not a dig at you. I'm just saying no. that as a human race, we are having a complete lack of empathy. Uh, we, we are losing touch with the humanity in everything that we do, in, in my opinion. Uh, I'm probably more negative opinion than Ben, but I, I have to check myself all the time because I, as a, as a daughter of yours, father, uh, <laughs> get the red mist every now and again. <laughs> and I have quite a, quite a strong temper. And I can feel no. myself being, yeah, yeah. I wonder where I got that from. <laughs> I can feel myself being irrational or no, maybe not even irrational. Cause I'd say sometimes your, your anger feels justified. Like, especially probably for you, dad, with writing reviews and stuff like that in the past, you probably felt that they were justified, but it doesn't leave any room for the fact for, for a human error, for people having a bad day, for getting bad news, for having an illness, for all of these things that just, you know, they make us human. And, you know, we're unable, 
our exchanges with human people has become so transactional that that we've forgotten you know about the complexity of like emotions and i don't know yeah, again i feel I, like i'm going off on a bit of a tangent no no what are you going to say ben i think it's very easy to treat when you're look when you're looking at social media to treat a profile picture or someone's name as like a stressful you know like an inanimate an, an object you can just take out your rage on because you can't yeah. all you see is that that couple of pixels on the screen and it's very easy to not realize that that's an actual person and mm, um definitely. and i think the internet does give a sense of false anonymity because yes while, definitely. Yeah, while yes you put in a random name you might appear to be anonymous but really anyone who has the necessary skills can find out who you are on the internet and where where you live basically it's terrifying well, really. exactly and this is also how cyberbullying starts isn't it because yeah. if we look at social media and, and school and particularly in school because there's a real like pack mentality so people need to feel a sense they need to have a sense of belonging they need to feel like they belong to a certain group and the way to do that is often to push someone out and have you know label someone as like the other um and i think that that happens with cyberbullying like like i said you get the sense of uh bravery because because of the anonymity i can't say that word anonymity anonymity i still can't say it you sound like donald Um, trump that's how he says it (laughs) oh god uh because of being anonymous um you get the sense of bravery and sometimes that bravery can push you into a space in which you actually become a bully and one of the interesting things that I realized, particularly about Facebook and the amount of information it gives you, gives you about another person, is it makes stalkers out of people that wouldn't normally be stalkers. Because if I, hmm. if I want to find something out about someone, I can immediately find them on social media. I can find out who their boyfriend or girlfriend is. I can find out where they went to school, where they work, all of that stuff. And it's, again, it's all instantaneous. So, you know... It, it, it actually creates um, bad, like bad behavior out of people mm, mm. that probably naturally wouldn't be that way. And I think it also um, it adds to paranoia as well because you might see someone like something or someone comment on something, and 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 you start to build this narrative in your head that 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 probably isn't true. Oh yeah, you know. And I I, I think that there's a lot of negative psychological implications that we we have no idea about yet this is a cross-generational podcast where we look at things from different generational perspectives and this is the first time ben that we've had three generations represented (laughs) on the one podcast Uh, so that's that's great and i'm wondering how our different experiences of not just social media, perhaps the internet itself are. I mean, the internet really, when did it start? Is it like, was it 2000? Is it 20 years ago, 2000, something like that, around there? No, it's more than 2000, yeah. Yeah. So when did it start? Do we know? I wouldn't know that. I know Facebook was made in 2004 and Twitter in 2000. 1991. Okay, so the the point I was going to get at is that most of my life there was no internet (laughs) all of your life i guess there's been internet yeah pretty much so um uh, i wonder how we 
I wonder how that changes our, our views. You see, when I hear that you guys talking about mental health and the damaging effects of, of Facebook, um, I, I, it's, it's not something that I recognize because what I use, what I have used, I mean, it's usually Facebook. What I have used Facebook for have been sort of totally innocuous communications, really. I mean, I, I, t Tony's just reminded me that I do tend to write reviews and they very no, often but also, a little bit negative. Sorry, sorry to cut into you, Dad, but you, yeah. you are, uh, you're not that far behind, Ben, but you're 20 years behind me yeah. with social media because I started using the, the first form of uh, socializing, I guess, online for me was MSN Messenger. And I had that back in 1999 when it started. Mm -hmm. um, and probably even pre that, it might have been MySpace. But, you know, mm. I've, I've, I've been using... I had using... a MySpace account. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> what does I that mean... mean? That was a scoff. Well, she scoffed at well, me. <laughs> MySpace is interesting because it allowed you to write your own HTML code and create something that was completely bespoke to you and your personality. But uh, uh, Facebook uh, is obviously something that's it's like a very basic template that's easy for anyone to use, no matter what your skill level is. But I mean, anyway, my point was is that mm -hmm. you have literally just discovered the joy of social media. Like I can see it in the way that you post and that, you know, your videos and you, you've discovered all the exciting parts of it. But I'm 20 years down the line. But what I find really interesting about Ben is he's evolved so much further than you and I that he's already made the decision. He's already noticed the negative impact and he's already removed himself. Yeah, I mean, I think that is Ben, are you typical in that respect? Is that are your peers doing the same thing or are you unusual? Oh, no, I'm, I'm very much alone in that in that respect. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. My generation has become so reliant on on social media. It's how you see it in the in the lockdown. It's even how people people got sent work for school via forms of, mm. of social media. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I I've yet to meet someone who has completely removed themselves uh, from social media out of choice. Yeah. Um, just because if all of your friends are on it, it and it. It comes from being children. If all of your friends are on it, you're seen as being maybe weird or or, or strange for not being on something that all your friends are on. Um, I was going to say that about yeah. you. I said I bet you, I bet you're seen as strange. And and I'll be honest, Ben. Like, if I meet someone who's not on social media, I it makes me question what kind of a person <laughs> they are because I'm like, what are they hiding? If they're not willing to be on social media, they must have a big secret. So you must be seen as a as as a as someone different from the rest you're not in the pack right now oh well, yeah no but I, but to be honest i i couldn't really care <laughs> no. to be honest well, uh, what do you I say ben what, do you, what ben what do you i'm just interested and i i applaud you for your decision that you know it's it's great to, to stand out like that but when somebody says why aren't you on it when you're one of your friends or peers says that how do you respond um i'm quite honest um to be frank uh I just say it was affecting my my um, mental health. That's uh, so good. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no. Really um, ben is one of a kind, though, isn't he? <laughs> well, oh yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. learning that though for the first time, really. Um, 
But uh, just going back to what I was originally saying, uh, you know, I, I only really started be using it for just sort of communication and staying in touch with friends. And from that point of view, it's been amazing because, you know, we've met through our business and through living in the USA um, for half the year, for 12, 13 years, you know, and for traveling overseas for business. Uh, we have met lots of friends and uh, from all over the world that we could we wouldn't have stayed in touch with any other way and we don't even need to communicate frequently but in any other way because but when we see each other again you know maybe at a conference or something like that they know all about we know all about each other because they've been able they've had this window into our lives yeah. you know and they know that we've moved house and you know got a new car and you know all, because they see it through that and I think that you know that's what the, the people on that uh, documentary. I think that's what when they went into the uh, social media world and, and to develop products and stuff like that. I think that that's what they meant. You know, we only saw it as something for goods. You know, and but it's been because of the need to monetize, which is something that you uh, referenced right at the beginning, Ben. Because of the need to monetize, it's turned into something quite different. Yeah. Um, and it's it, you know, what really, you know, you mentioned also the political aspect of it. You know, it, it's really terrifying the way that uh, countries like China and Russia can use our propensity to have confirmation bias, to use that against us by only by, uh, by placing ads that only show us things that we like because of the behavior that we've shown before. I mean, that really is quite, quite terrifying. Yes, yeah. I've, the biggest problem uh, with my generation at the moment, as I see it, is because of social media, they live in echo chambers, uh, like massive, massive echo chambers of just all the same, all the same voice. And it means that no, no form of debate or discussion can be had with the other side. Yeah. Because as soon as someone else with a with a different uh, view or opinion um, yep. talk to them they just devolve into a, a screaming uh, version of themselves saying you're this you're that because you don't agree with me instead of taking time to listen to come to a compromise and I think you can you can see that with the trend of people becoming more politically divided um, that, that is so that is so true but after um, we did our after we recorded episode 24 when we first discussed this, you know, when we had all those horrible tech problems, um, a program came out on Channel 4, which was like an expose on the Trump campaign. And I don't know if you've heard, have you heard about the, have you heard them talk about deterrence? Uh, no. Okay, so the Trump campaign used it, and they, you've heard, have you heard of a company called Cambridge Analytica? I've not, known. Tony, do you want to explain what Cambridge Analytica is real quick? Um, well, from what I understand, it, it, it basically just um, gives you a load of data in which to, to manipulate. <laughs> well, I, I don't really know how to explain it, to be honest. Well, let me, let me, let me try. So Cambridge Analytica was a, a company set up by Smarty Pants who, uh, who, who actually sold this, uh, this, the, the concept of harvesting data about people uh, to countries, to leaders, to political parties, so that they could win campaigns. 
and they would be able to mine huge amounts of information and find out everything about individual people. What the Trump campaign did using that company was that it identified people who were likely to vote against Trump and it put information in front of them through ads that deterred them from going out to vote. They wow. were marked for deterrence. Well, that's deeply, deeply so terrifying dodgy. for me. Yeah, mm. I mean, subvert, I think it's a way of subverting democracy. Um, mm. I heard a Trump supporter, you know, you know, a, a politician, you know, not, not an idiot, you know, an intelligent politician saying... Oh, I don't a, think you can say a politician's not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so right, he, go on. He, he, he struck me as just evil Knievel. I mean, he was, you know, he, he, he just defended it um, and said it was a perfectly legitimate use. And those people still, those people still, you know, made up their own mind not to go and vote. Um, you know, he just sort of equated it to normal advertising, like advertising toothpaste, you know. And that's, yeah. the, sorry to cut in, but that is the definition of privilege right there. That basically someone like that, that, that politician would assume that everyone has the same education in which they feel like they have, have a choice, you know. And there are a lot of people around the world that aren't educated enough to realize that. You know, we don't have the same standard of education. And, mm. you know, a lot of it's like all those daily mail readers, you know, they take everything they read as fact. And it's not all fact. Every, every, everything is loaded. There is, I don't think there's hardly, I'm, I don't think there's anything that's unbiased, really. Yeah. Yeah. And the only, the only solution I can see to this is, is legislation and make, putting laws in place. because. I don't. You can't rely on on any party to be morally sound when they're trying to win win an election. Um, mm. But the, but the problem is is that the um, the parties that are using this are then being put in power, and so obviously they're not going, they're not going to put the necessary steps in place to avoid something like this happening. And the the real the real reason why I think they're thriving so much on social media is because. As a as a party, it's a lot easier to attack than to defend. Yes. So mm. the, the the division between uh, the ideological division between people just helps them because in yes. they can just attack the other the other party instead of having to yeah, like I say, def defend themselves and their own policy. Yes, and that's, in, and in fact, that's, that's, how, that's how politicians pretty much operate all the time, isn't it? I mean, you yeah. ask them a question, and their answer to the question is how bad the other guys are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They'll always find a way of answering it by saying how bad the other guys are, won't they? Yeah, well, Trump's a perfect example of that. The amount of ad hominem he uses in, in his speeches is ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. You saw it in the, uh, in the debate last week. Oh, was, that was a, an airstorm, wasn't it? No, it, it just turned all... There wasn't a, a surer sign that debate is dead. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it, just, it just turned what should be an a intellectual debate into a shouting match between two old people. Yeah, you're stupid. Which, no, you're stupid. No, yeah. you're stupid. Which, well, you clown. <laughs> and they're both going to die soon, and they're being handed 
Hey, what the wealthiest watch country it. in the world? Watch it, watch it. I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm catching up. You're not catching up, Dad. Yeah, They're I like am. I am at least fifteen years older than you. Yeah, that seems like a blink of an eye to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just to me, it just seems complete madness that that all we get handed is are these white old men. Something slightly different. Uh, that one thing that I I did going uh, going to your point uh, to your point, Ben, about uh, the mental health aspect of it. I did. I was impacted, and I don't know if you two were as well, on by the documentary. That part of the documentary, the the girl who put that picture on, you know, of herself, and then someone commented. Oh, yeah. One of them commented and said, "Oh, like the big ears or something like that." And and I mean, you know, I mean, I know it was a dramatization, but you know, you could certainly imagine because you know you hear so much. Don't you about people, oh, that... particularly young women? Yeah, and what I think it, was... as a sorry, you go down. Oh, thank you. Um, what I think was uh, really intelligent in that scene was how, yes, there were two people that said gave negative comments. There, were, I think there was four, four to six positive comments. But obviously, you saw how how much more affected that that girl was by those two negative comments, despite yes. being despite being the minority. Um, but uh, yeah, that goes on. I'm sure that goes on in schools throughout throughout the world. To be honest, throughout people in in yes. schools. Yeah, I, I think it's deeply troubling to me. Yeah, you had a point on that, little tone. I, I was just going to say that um, that's something that I'm very, very aware and guilty of is um, seeking validation through, you know, through social media. Mm. Um, you know, rather than even when you're not looking at the bigger picture about the financial impact, um, you know, of, of being able to use a tool like social, social media. I mean, I, I do these photo prompts all the time and if I don't get enough likes, I feel, uh, not good enough or worthless. Wow. Even though I know, I know it's a game. Well, it's not a game. That's not the right word. I know it's, there's an algorithm and I know that some people connect with certain pictures more than others, but, for instance, I'm doing this photo prompt thing this month and I know that a picture, a nice picture of my face will get more likes than if I do anything artistic that doesn't have my face in it. Um, mm. And I, that's, that feels uh, really disappointing to me and also a prevalent issue with the way that social media works and how we react with it. You know, we would much rather see uh, a picture of an attractive woman or attractive man or attractive non-binary person than we would... Uh, to actually see them cr creating something unique and distinctive in the world. And I think that that's really, really sad. Mm. Yeah. But, I, but I'm a vic I'm a hundred percent victim is the wrong word. I am. Uh, I definitely seek validation through yeah. particularly Instagram. Interesting. That really, that I find absolutely fascinating. Yeah. We are, we are at the end of our 30 minutes. Um, and uh, I just want to say, that uh, Ben, I hope you'll you'll consider joining us again because. Um, mm. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. Uh, I really enjoyed this. Good. I I find it really fascinating having your um, input as well from a a different generation. Yeah. Um, you know, we're on a we're on. I often give this example of we're on this sort of conveyor belt and <laughs> we, <laughs> we move along, and I'm right up at this end. You know, close to the end. <laughs> and you and then there's tony you know a generation behind me and 
there's you right at the beginning of your uh, uh, your adult life. Um, yeah. You're you're 18, right? 17. 17. Oh, so oh ah, terrible. Sorry, I know I'm terrible. <laughs> I am sorry. No, Forgive me, I'm getting old. <laughs> um, so yeah, because you, you're driving now, right? So you 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 can you've got learning. You, yeah, but you've um, you passed. <laughs> have you passed your test yet? Um, my theory, not okay. Not, um, okay. Because of, because of the situation with COVID, it's almost impossible to get um, the practical test. Yeah, I guess. So. Well, you know, hearing you speak, which has been a joy. Uh, I mean, I think I think you're destined for great things. Um, so, <laughs> mm. uh, I'm very very glad that you've joined us, and we look forward to um, you joining us again. I, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to hearing what our listeners have to say about um, the fact that we had you involved this time as well. <laughs> um, so thanks to both of you. Uh, and it only remains for me to thank you, dear listeners, for your support. Um, it's, you, know, you, will, you will have seen that we've moved our podcast to Anchor, which I think is a platform recently purchased by, uh, was it Spotify? I think it might have been Spotify. Anyway, big company. Um, so they're going, they're, they're going places and uh, we thought we'd move to them and ride that, uh, ride that wave. Um, and, uh, you know, we, our little podcast is growing and we thank you, uh, listeners for that. We get great feedback, uh, from people, uh, here in the UK and from the United States and other countries. So international, uh, audience, uh, which is really exciting. You can, uh, comment uh, uh, via our Facebook page, which you can access by going to www.re-educatingdad.com. That will take you directly to our Facebook page. Um, and uh, you can even watch us because we also video this. And uh, we look forward to catching up with you with an exciting topic next week. So thanks again, everybody. And we'll see you next week. Bye for now. Bye for me. Bye. Bye. Bye for me.